educating, informing, entertaining. The Dan Parsons Show on 1499.3 KLIN. Hey, and welcome aboard to the Hump Day edition. Yes, boys and girls, it's Wednesday already, January 3rd, uh, 5.07 uh, in the afternoon. Truth over tribalism, lifting up instead of tearing down. Let's do some of that, shall we? Uh, coming up in just a quick moment, Mr. Paul Hamill, senior reporter with Nebraska Examiner. Uh, we'll chat about the start of your Nebraska legislature, which happened uh, earlier today. Uh, but before we go any further, say hello to Mr. Johnny Cadillac, producer extraordinaire. Johnny. All right, here we go. Partisanship over principle. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, hey, the fog has lifted from my malaise yesterday of uh, whatever that was. I, I wasn't feeling good. It was the the fog of coming back from vacation. And so anyway, good so, good night's sleep. So today you feel like the normal Dan Parsons I, behind I, that mic. I do. All right, good. I deal. don't know if anybody else noticed it, but I was anyway. Yesterday was it was it was the fog of the holidays. That's what I'll attribute well, it to. I feel like the Johnny Cadillac behind this mic and this board. So we're good. There there you go. Well, we got the team together. So, uh, well, it's my pleasure to welcome onto the phone line Mr. Paul Hamill, senior reporter for Nebraska Examiner. Paul, thanks so much for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me, Dan. And hey, I, I can, uh, can identify with that fog. You know, we had a couple nice weeks of weather and, uh, you know, a little bit of time away. Uh, but uh, as far as hump day, they are humping at the Nebraska legislature and, today because they open the day, open the session. Yeah, well, and thank you, Paul. I mean, this is uh, yeoman's work. This is, and I know you've, uh, and we'll get into how many uh, opening days of the legislature you've covered, but thank you, thank you, thank you for taking time to inform our listeners of what's going on down the Capitol today, and I want to do that periodically throughout the session, and so I appreciate it very much. But yes, uh, as we've uh, drone, as I've droned on before on this microphone, Paul, we've known each other for, uh, we, we count them in decades now instead of years, and, uh, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> but you have, you've covered, have you kept track? How many opening days of the legislature have you covered? Oh, man. I think this is 34, I guess. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, there was a break in there. I, I worked for the World Herald. They let me drive around the state as a woven reporter, so I missed a few in the middle, but yeah, I wow. started in 1990. And, yeah. 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 Well. Seen a few governors come and go. <laughs> well, let's dig into this. So what was, and, and for those of those of you, who our listeners, who maybe aren't familiar with opening day of the legislature, it's kind of like first day of school, right, Paul? Everybody's happy to see everybody. You bring the kids, you bring the grandparents, and everybody's happy to see everybody. And and then before well, you know it, yeah, is that what it was yeah. like? Yeah, I had a veteran lobbyist once tell me that it takes time for people to hate each other. So, <laughs> so I don't know. It's... It, it, it's uh, yeah. Everybody was on their good behavior today. Everybody glad to see each other. Uh, but they're you know they'll get uh, into uh, emotional debate pretty quickly uh, tomorrow when they bring up uh, the rules. Yes. And there's been uh, a lot of discussion over the years about we got to do something to. To stop all these filibusters. We, we, uh, of course, conservatives have always complained about the secret balloting for 
a committee, committee chair mm-hmm. that should be more open so we know who's voting for who and who's, who's getting a favor from somebody. So that all starts tomorrow. Yeah. And that, uh, according to just about everybody you talk to, is going to set the tenor for the rest of the session. Okay. Okay. Uh, if that goes off the rails, people start uh, getting angry with each other. We could be looking at 60 days of uh, a repeat of last year's session. Wow. Which, you know, filibuster after filibuster, uh, some pretty emotional uh, days and. Uh, you know the kind of stuff you'd you'd see in the House of Commons in England, not usually yeah. the kind of stuff you'd see in the Nebraska legislature. Well, and that's just it that we're visiting with Paul Hamill uh, with the Nebraska Examiner and about the opening day of the Nebraska legislature, the hundred and eighth uh, second session of the hundred and eighth uh, Nebraska legislature. But uh, yeah, I mean it is the most unique political body in America, uh, one house, nonpartisan. There's not letters behind names when you run for that office. Uh, there's not political parties uh, organized and running the place. Uh, of course, political parties and, and, and other special interests uh, uh, have a say, uh, as any other citizen does. But, uh, yeah, it's a very unique system. And, 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 and yes, this rules fight happened last uh, session as well. And um, as I recall, it, it, it wasn't as... Uh, as bad as people said it might have been yeah right yeah. i mean uh, uh those those a lot of those uh, changes uh, as i recall got voted down am i correct in right. that paul right and I, I hear there may be some kind of deal uh, that's been struck on the rule so it doesn't get uh, off the rails i mean uh the speaker of the legislature uh, senator john arch says he does not want a repeat of Last year's acrimony mm-hmm. especially does not want a repeat of a extended rules debate that went on for weeks and weeks in 2017. Oh, that's right. Yeah, um, yeah that was uh, quite unusual. So uh, we'll see. I mean, he had 21 uh, rules changes that he said would improve the institution and and uh, and uh, you know inspire more uh, constructive debate, I guess. But we've got, uh, you know, Senator Steve Erdman is, is pretty adamant about his rule changes, which would, which would uh, change the filibuster rules uh, a little bit and uh, bar the media from executive sessions, which, you know, uh, has been something that's been brought up in the past. What's, what's, explain that to me, Paul. And again, you know, all our listeners know that a fan I am of, of journalism and transparency in government. And so what, what's the argument for that? Well, I mean, it's, a, it's, 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 it's about open government. I mean, in Congress, uh, the House passes a bill, the Senate passes a bill, and then they have conference committees, yeah. which, and they hash out the differences in the two bills uh, behind closed doors. Nobody hmm. knows why they reach those conclusions yeah. until they bring out a proposal. In the Nebraska legislature, it's, I think it's fairly unique when a uh, legislative committee goes into executive session to decide whether to advance a bill or kill a bill mm-hmm. or amend a bill. They allow reporters to be there yeah. to report on the, the uh, what is occurring, mm-hmm. to report on the debate. Yeah. And, and that's really when you find out 
where senators stand on an issue sure. and what concerns they may have. Really, is the first time you hear senators debating uh, a bill before it goes to the floor. Right. So it's uh, at least as a media, as a member of the media, I'd say it's essential if we're trying yeah. to inform the public about what's going on. And and to bar us from that uh, discussion would be uh, a real blow, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, and and the idea that uh, doing away again, this maybe sounds counterintuitive of what we're just talking about about transparency in government, but the but the longstanding tradition of having secret ballots to vote for leadership. Um, again, there's. There's a lot of advantages of that in a nonpartisan body because just because uh, you you have a letter behind your name <laughs> and uh, that doesn't mean you can't support someone from a different political party uh, because they're qualified sure. and you think they'd do a good job as chair of whatever. And so, yeah, um, and that's been a hallmark of the legislature. It's been let's let's have committee chairs that. Uh, people leading committees that are uh, reasonable can look at both sides of the yeah. issue have been around for a while uh, and, and not purely because they're one political party of another. Um, I mean, I think if you did away with that secret balloting, you might as well just make it a partisan body yep. because yep. Um, there will be retribution if, Somebody votes against somebody mm-hmm. in their own party. Uh, it 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 won't be a pretty picture. Mm-hmm. Um, now I I was gonna before we get too long. I wanted before the session even started, uh, we were able to find out what the governor has cooking uh, as far as property tax relief. And let's which I. Let's let's take this little break, Paul, because I do want I did want to ask you about that because I've been hearing some pushback uh, around town already about this. So let's take this yeah. little break, Paul, and come back and, and discuss the governor's uh, tax ideas. And so we'll take this break, folks. Come back and join us. You're listening to the Dan Parsons Show on fourteen hundred and ninety nine three KLIN. And welcome back to the Wednesday edition. We're delighted that you chose to tune us in on this January uh, afternoon. Uh, there's more sun, Johnny. I can notice it. I drove back downtown after the show uh, last night, and there was still some light in the uh, horizon. Oh, there we go. So we're, I'm we're, loving it. We're adding a few seconds every day, boys and girls. So... Uh, well, let me tell you what's coming up on tomorrow's show. It is Thursday already, the Lincoln Business Roundtable. And we have Luke Peltz, uh, Vice President of the Lincoln Partnership for Economic Development. And uh, uh, they're responsible for uh, recruiting uh, businesses to our great city. And uh, he's bringing along a special guest, Bo Jones, who is the CEO of Trade Games. Uh, which is a startup organization, business, that we're going to learn about. So anyway, tune in tomorrow for uh, Luke Peltz and Bo Jones. Uh, We're back uh, with Paul Hamill, senior reporter for Nebraska Examiner, uh, talking about the start of the uh, legislature today. And by the way, you can find Paul's work uh, at NebraskaExaminer.com. No paywall. They'll take your money. It's a, f- a nonprofit news organization. They'll take your donation, but uh, no paywall. Uh, so sign up for their newsletter and and get dropped in your 
uh, email box every morning uh, their latest work, including uh, some of the things that Paul's uh, talking about today. So, yeah, Paul, uh, I heard early this morning, <laughs> I was at a chamber meeting this morning, and people were already talking about the governor's uh, suggestion that uh, we may be uh, headed for a tax increase. So unfold <laughs> that for us. Was there gnashing of teeth and uh, ringing of hands? <laughs> there was a little bit of that, yes, as a matter, as you might expect from the business uh, community. But, uh, yeah, I, I I didn't see this coming. And maybe, and apparently there was a, a committee that had been formed to talk about valuations. And and uh, next thing you know, they're talking about an increase in sales tax. So, anyway, unfold right. that for us, if you could. A little well, bit. I mean, this summer, everybody started getting their, their valuation uh statements from the mm-hmm. county assessor, and it was a little shocking uh, in Lincoln and elsewhere. Um, you know, valuations are going up, you know, 15, 20, 30 percent yes. around here, and uh, farmland was going up another 14 percent. So, um, you know, the way taxes, property taxes are supposed to work is that if your valuation goes up, the levy goes down, pay about the same amount of taxes. But uh, how it, it kind of has been working is that if your valuation goes up, your taxes go up. Too. Yeah. And uh, you know, the governor appointed a working group, which is kind of his style. He appointed a working group uh, a year ago to deal with uh, school finance. And this working group was supposed to look at valuations. What do we do about property valuations? So a way to keep them from going up you know, 10, 20, 30%. Uh, some states uh, limit how high valuations can rise per year. Um, but that committee uh, pretty quickly uh, got into that issue and decided, well, you know, it really isn't valuations that's the problem. It's that uh, that property taxes just keep going up no matter what we do. Um, so, of course, those decisions are made at the local level. Yes. It's always been a complicated uh, dilemma for the state legislature because they don't levy property taxes, mm-hmm. but they're the ones who get the complaints about yeah. it. They, yeah. uh, and so they've been trying, they've been passing some increased uh, state tax credits that kind of defray what we all pay for property taxes. And uh, um, it just hasn't born the fruit that uh, lawmakers think it should. Mm-hmm. So uh, the governor has decided to <laughs> propose something pretty bold, which is a tax increase um, and uh, a two-cent increase in state sales tax. Hmm. So right now we're paying 5.5% in state sales taxes you know, across the state. Yep. Local sales taxes that go on top of on that. On top of that, yeah. Yes. So, um, and if you increase sales taxes, you're increasing the price of a car. Mm-hmm. You're increasing the price of, of things like clothing, uh, diapers, uh, you know, those necessities. Uh, his plan would still keep uh, groceries off the tax okay. roll. Um, but um, a, <laughs> that's a pretty bold uh, proposal. I mean, Pete Ricketts was totally opposed to any kind any of time, tax yes, yes. like this. Mm-hmm. You know, this uh, increase in sales tax would be used to, to lower your local property tax in some way. Um, 
But Ricketts always saw this as, you know, we can't increase taxes to lower taxes. That doesn't work. Mm-hmm. But uh, the governor thinks this is the way to do it, that, um, that people don't uh, exactly pay attention to what they're paying in sales tax. I'm not sure I I can agree with that. I kind of look at what I pay. Um, unlike they they pay attention to what they're paying in property taxes. Yeah. And there's been various proposals over the years to uh, not increase sales tax, but do away with a lot of the tax exemptions that we we provide, um, you know, or start taxing services. We don't tax uh, haircuts, for instance. Right. We don't tax a lot of home repairs. Uh, things like that could be taxed. That would create more revenue from sales tax. Maybe you could lower property taxes that way. But the governor says, oh, no, that's not working. And, you know, it hasn't, those proposals haven't flown in the past. So let's just increase sales taxes. When- and uh, what, what I'm already hearing is they're kind of backing away from that. that uh, maybe that's just a conversation starter. Okay. Nobody's looking at two cents because uh, two cents, uh, two cent raise in the state sales tax would make Nebraska the, hi- uh, the highest sales tax in America, right? In in the nation, yeah. 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 Um, and that's you know California is number one right now at seven point two five percent. So if we went two more cents, we'd seven point five cents um, uh, sales tax. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure that's a Number one, we want to get. I think we want to be number one in volleyball, or football, <laughs> but not in sales. Tax. Not in sales so, tax. Yeah. Well, it, but we'll but we'll see. I mean, yeah. uh, there's much more to the governor's proposal that I haven't been able to find out yet. So, um, and and one senator said, you know, if this lowers your total tax load. Maybe this is the way to go. So, is is this possibly? And I don't want to get into. Spe- well, I will speculate a bit. I guess it's my darn microphone while I'm renting it. And because uh, the governor, I think, in your story, uh, voiced his opposition to this epic uh, tax proposal that's uh, being circulated for a possible ballot uh, initiative. And so, is that maybe? Related to that, or anyway, so and the gov- anyway, any any thoughts on that? Tell. Yeah, it's hard to tell. I mean, that Epic Tax has been a proposal that's been bouncing around for several years, and they tried to put it on the ballot a few years ago, and it, it, it's such an expensive endeavor to get yes. uh, something on the ballot anymore. Uh, and and to be honest, the Epic Tax is is quite a radical change in taxation. No other state does it. Um, you know, Nebraska would be the first. Um, but I, so I, I, again, I think if you're out there asking uh, taxpayers, "Hey, here, sign this. We'll lower your property taxes." Um, right. There's a lot of people that are going to sign that. So, yeah. Uh, but you know, on tax policy, it usually takes a crisis for the state to do something. Yeah. And I guess, I mean, property taxes are high. Yes, they are. But is it a crisis level? I'm not sure. People, you know, breaking down doors at the assessor's office. I mean, nobody is happy about those valuation increases, but is it a crisis? I'm I'm not sure. Well, Paul, uh, we're at the end of our time. I, again, appreciate uh, your good work. And uh, and so people can find you at NebraskaExaminer.com. Thanks, Paul. 
Really appreciate you having us on, Dan. Absolutely. You bet. Folks, uh, we'll be back in just a few minutes after the news. Come on back. 1,499.3-K-L-I-N. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Educating. Informing. Entertaining. The Dan Parsons Show on 1499.3 KLIN. And welcome back to Hump Day. We hope this day is treating you well at the new year. Uh, my thanks to Mr. Paul Hamill, senior reporter from Nebraska Examiner, for giving us a little insight on the first day of the Nebraska legislature. So appreciate that very much. Uh, and I'll remind you uh, to follow us on X and Facebook accounts for the Dan Parsons Show. You can find out who our guests are ahead of time and weigh in on some of these discussions. We can keep this conversation going. We only get you an hour a day, so let's keep the chat going after hours. Uh, and if you miss anything, you can always find us on your favorite podcast platform or just go to klin.com and scroll down and find us. Uh, coming up on tomorrow's show, just remind you that uh, it's the Lincoln Business Roundtable, and it's uh, tomorrow it's Luke Peltz. And Luke is the Vice President of Lincoln Partnership for Economic Development, lovingly known as LPED. And uh, Luke's bringing a special guest, Mr. Bo Jones, who's the CEO of Trade Games uh, and True Built Construction. So tune in for that. Well, it's my delight to welcome onto the phone line uh, Mr. Aaron Sandiford uh, with Nebraska Exam. It's Nebraska Examiner Day here on on the Dan Parsons Show. Aaron, thank you so much for taking time to join us today. Uh, I know it's a busy day for you as well. I'm glad to be here. I actually just uh, had to deal with some unexpected news. I was working on a bill introduction story and got pulled off because uh, that long investigation of the uh, alleged break-in over at the NEGOP, the special prosecutor decided uh, no crime had been committed. So. I, yeah, let's uh, and so yeah, let's break some news here on KLIN. Uh, <laughs> uh, so yes, what uh, what's the latest uh, on that? Because that's been brewing for a while now. Yeah, Ryan Swaroff, the special prosecutor there, uh, a former Lancaster County prosecutor, uh, she uh, sent out a little release this afternoon uh, to us and uh, that basically confirmed uh, that uh, they were unable to see enough to be able to charge a crime. It's kind of what we had been hearing from law enforcement sources that even though there were some questions about some items that were briefly missing or some that were returned and some questions about some that weren't, it was going to be very hard in that leadership transition from 2022 to prove 
when and whether that was a family dispute, the equivalent of a family yep. dispute, yep. Or, or whether it was something more. Okay. Okay. And, and so it was just one of those long chapters that is is now, or at least for now, closed. Yeah. <laughs> and special prosecutor. <laughs> and 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 for our listeners, just to remind them, that was the transition. Uh, uh, Governor Rick, as as maybe some of our listeners know, if, when you are the head of the political party as as the governor of the state, uh, you get to choose who leads the political party of whichever party you belong to. And so uh, Governor Ricketts, uh, when he was governor, uh, did that, had his, had his people running the political Nebraska Republican Party. Uh, but there was a, a group of folks who weren't happy with some things and, and made some changes uh, in leadership uh, as far as the chair of the Republican Party. And then that resulted in change and staff and and uh, I think I have all that right uh, and yeah yeah that's pretty well right I mean there, there was that there was that little bit of pushback uh, from folks who maybe didn't like the way the party ran under him and and as kind of has happened in all across the country whether it's Arizona or Wisconsin there's been some populist uprisings in state parties where where the the folks who are in the base no longer are wanting to be led by the folks who are elected always yep yep so well, that's fascinating. Yeah. Well, thanks for doing double duty or triple duty here <laughs> no this worries. afternoon. Well, um, anything that you wanted to add <clears throat> to what uh, for the legislature, what uh, what Paul covered? Uh, I just wanted to give you that opportunity because I know you're working on stories as well. Yeah, actually, the most one of the more interesting things I've been trying to dig into is child care. Uh, the governor, in a long interview when I sat down with him pre-session, a lot of us have had the chance to talk to him. He talked a little bit about trying to make child care more accessible and affordable statewide, and so a lot of different state senators have ideas on how to make that better. Um, but as a person who's not far enough from when I had to pay for two in child care, <laughs> I understand what that costs. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and one of the innovative ideas I, I read in your story uh, about the governor's when you interviewed the governor was the idea that maybe there w- would be uh, incentives uh, for businesses to have employees uh, watch their coworkers' children. I, I think that's one of the ideas one of the businesses brought to the governor. I, I know there have been a lot of uh, comments about that. I, I've joked. Uh, in fact, today I, I joked again with uh, Chris Dunker of the Journal Star, mm-hmm. who, who I've known a while, and uh, I, he has young kids, and, and he was trying to apologize to his coworkers for having to do that for him. <laughs> but uh, I, I, I am now I am now the proud father of two teenage girls, and I am just fine not taking care of anybody else's kids right now. <laughs> I was on uh, grandfather duty over the holidays. I've got a new uh, four-week-old grandson, and so. Uh, I tell you what, uh, yeah, uh, I, I'm I'm really comfortable, Aaron, at this stage of my life that I've done my work. They're out of the house, and so if I can uh, be a grandfather, that's uh, that's that's just fine. That's the role. I've, I've, jo- I've joked. I've joked to people in my household. A lot of rom coms were a big deal, <laughs> and Father of the Bride too. A lot of people think that is a comedy, and at my age, Father <laughs> of the Bride too is a horror movie because. <laughs> The idea of being that close to having them both out of the house, and 
I adore my children. But the idea of being that close and starting over just sounds scary. Yeah, 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 no kidding. Well, uh, one of the stories uh, that I wanted to, to dive into, a story that uh, that you wrote uh, over the holidays, uh, which uh, piqued a lot of people's interests. And because it was over the holidays, I wanted to give a chance to, to highlight it a little bit more. And that's, uh, again, kind of... Uh, we we knew it maybe was coming, but uh, uh, and the story is former Nebraska U.S. Representative Jeff Fortenberry is no longer a convicted felon. Uh, as you wrote, yeah, the, the Knights U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals reversed his conviction last Tuesday. It's, re- it's really interesting because there's a little bit of, I mean, it's interesting that his conviction was reversed. It's also interesting that prosecutors could still pursue the case again. They just have to do so closer to where the alleged offenses happened. That would be uh, the the conversations with the FBI in Lincoln at his home, so in the District of Nebraska, or closer to D.C. where an interview with his lawyer occurred with the FBI. Um, the, the interesting thing here is the congressman and his team had to, way whether or not to appeal because the the potential risk of appealing his conviction yes he is right now no longer a convicted felon but the potential risk is he had been sentenced to probation and if federal prosecutors go at this again the risk is reignited as to whether or not if he were convicted again there's a possibility of him facing jail time wow and, and so wow. and so the the effort to clear his name by venue, uh, that it was the improper venue for him to be tried, it, it does carry some risks for the congressman, which is something that's not talked about a lot, but it's interesting because, you know, trying him by a jury of his peers in Southern California had a lot of people raising some questions early on in that process. Yeah, exactly. Could you, just for our listeners, uh, we're visiting with Aaron Sandiford uh, with the Nebraska Examiner. Could you just maybe review just real quickly for our listeners what that case was about? It, I, I know there were, it, it's fairly complicated, but uh, basically he was convicted of a felony for taking uh, illegal contributions. Yeah, it's a little bit more complex than that. He he was he was actually convicted. He was actually convicted of lying to lying, misleading yes. federal investigators, and, and 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 it was about an investigation into illegal contributions to his campaign um, and, and other campaigns. The FBI, the feds, have been looking into uh, some foreign contributions to congressional campaigns, including to Fortenberry's and former U.S. Rep. Lee Terry, yeah. uh, from, from a guy that had been well-known uh, for uh, supporting Christian causes in other yes. countries. Uh, and, and so, essentially, what was argued was that uh, the feds argued, the prosecutors argued that uh, Congressman Fortenberry was aware uh, that the money, that some of the money was being contributed from foreign nationals and the conversations between him and federal investigators uh, were recorded and played at trial. My colleague Hamill uh, actually attended that That's trial. That's right. In LA. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And 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 so I mean, essentially, there are conversations that were taped uh, where uh, an informant makes the allegation that the uh, money uh, is likely coming from a foreign source, which a Congress. A is member illegal. of Congress should know yep. uh, is illegal. And and so the question is, did he know and did he lie? Mm-hmm. And those are those are two very important questions that kind of had to be answered. And that jury in L.A. that tried the case got the case because 
the fundraiser occurred in California. Okay, that's right. And so, and so that's where a lot of this is. But the core of the crimes that uh, Congressman Fortenberry was charged with was based on the misleading or lying statements. And so those occurred in a different place than the fundraiser. So that's okay. what the core of this reversal is about. And according to your story that you wrote, uh, prosecutors had sought a six-month prison sentence. Uh, the judge sentenced uh, Fortenberry to two years probation, a $25,000 fine, and 320 hours of community service. Uh, the congressman, of course, resigned from office in March of 2022. Uh, and after leaving Congress, uh, you wrote that uh, he went to work in the private sector uh, here in Lincoln. Um, yes. So so that is all set aside now, right? Yes. The, the most interesting thing here is uh, obviously there are some people in Fortenberry's world that would like him to get back involved in politics. I, I personally have not heard any indication that that's an interest of his, but I know there are some people that would like him to try to get back involved. But I, I think the, the idea, until the federal prosecutors decide and make final what they're going to do with this case, I think that's something for another day. Yeah. The, the, the question here is whether or not he's going to face additional prosecution or uh, or two i mean he could now because of the way this was decided face cases in the district of nebraska and dc yeah yeah well fascinating story uh, uh, as you probably know i i've known jeff for many many years helped him on his first campaign and i, I just was confused uh about this whole case it just was so yeah. out of character for uh, for Jeff, and so uh, anyway, uh, thank you. For, yeah, no, and 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 I, you know, to be to be frank, a lot of us that had covered him didn't know uh, a lot about what we would be looking at when we started to see some of the evidence from that case. But mm-hmm. it, it's just it, it made for part of what was maybe the weirdest year in recent yes. Nebraska politics. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Boy, I guess. Well, Aaron, if you can hang on, let's take a quick break and, and finish up after this uh, message. You're listening to The Dan Parsons Show on 1499.3 KLIN. And welcome back. We're delighted that you chose to stick around here on this January evening. Uh, yeah, boy, it seems a little foggy out there. And uh, But hey, no no moisture. We probably use some moisture, but uh, no bad streets. So we'll take it. Um, uh, let me just tell you, remind you what's coming up on tomorrow's show. It's the Lincoln Business Roundtable. Uh, Luke Peltz, the Vice President of Lincoln Partnership for economic development uh, will join us and he's bringing along special guest mr bo jones who's the ceo of trade games uh, and true built construction so we'll find out about uh, trade games it has to do with uh, educating uh, young people about uh, business so we'll find out more about that tomorrow uh, but it's my delight uh, mr aaron sandiford is with us from nebraska examiner and and just to remind you you can uh, digest all of aaron's work and Paul's work and and their colleagues. Uh, just go to NebraskaExaminer.com and you can uh, read all that. No paywall. It's uh, they'll they'll take your donation because they're a, a nonprofit. But uh, anyway, appreciate all your good work, Aaron, all, all these years. And uh, hey, thank you, absolutely. So uh, here we are. It's election year. Like it or not, oh. boys and girls, uh, uh, we talk about uh, the twists and turns of Nebraska politics. This is a year like we've never seen before uh, in Nebraska politics, at least in my memory. 
Yeah, we have two Senate races, which, I mean, I can't remember the last time they were both up uh, unless somebody passed away. I had to go. I need to go look about Carl Curtis's year if there were two. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Boy, that's going back. Yeah. Yeah. But but yeah, we have the two Senate races. I keep hearing that the Democrats are going to have a candidate to run against Pete Ricketts soon. I'm sure there'll be some interest in that, uh, perhaps as early as this month. Okay. Now now I'm starting to hear about uh, a potential challenger. Uh, for Mike Blood here in the first district, okay. which could be interesting. Okay, uh, and no, his name is not yet Fortenberry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's let's not get ahead of ourselves. But yes, sure. so uh, incumbents uh, have until February to file, if my memory serves me correct. And is that both federal and state? Anyway, but I'd have to, I'd have to look again. Yeah, but challengers, uh, I believe the filing deadline is in March. Uh, if I'm not right. mistaken, right? Most of them, though, at that federal level, they'll, they'll try to get in by this month. Yeah, uh, in order to have any realistic shot at raising enough funds. Well, that's um, just it. I mean, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, typically, you would start uh, much sooner than this, uh, frankly. Right. Uh, and so, right. Uh, so yeah, so that is interesting. I've heard those rumors too, uh, Aaron. That uh, uh, that there is going to be a, a at least a challenger to uh, Senator Ricketts uh, on the Democratic side. So, uh, any names that you're hearing, or do you want to? Uh, you know, that you, you always kind of uh, you, you always kind of worry that what you're hearing is about half true. Yes, it's, I, I which know, is I, <laughs> which is true. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know I know that there is talk of potentially uh, some community activists. Uh, in Omaha, yep. uh, kicking tires on the race. Yep. I, I know that uh, there has been talk of even some p- previous candidates for Senate thinking about doing it again. Um, but but no real firm name yet, just a couple that are kicked around that you and I have probably both heard. But yes. I, I, that they have not announced and and have declined when I've called them, so yep. I can't say it yet. Yep. Yep. <laughs> the, the, on, the, on the flood race, um, I, I think there are uh, there are some people around this building that have been kicking tires on oh, that race. Okay, and and, and so I, I I I can't name names yet, but I think there are some people who are at least intrigued. Okay, and, and so there, there's a chance that uh, Flood could face you know a, a former colleague. But that's interesting. 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 Well, uh, without disparaging any of my friends who are state senators, uh, I, I've been in this business long enough to know that uh, there have been plenty of state senators uh, who think that they're very well known throughout their district and throughout the state. Um, and the reality is <laughs> that's rarely the case. And uh, um, yeah, this place this place is a way of making everyone feel special, but you're really not known if you get about three blocks away. Yep. Uh, but 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 hey, when you're called senator all day long, <laughs> and uh, but anyway, so but and, well, and there's the interesting thing is these are people who would at least know how to campaign. Okay, they would know how to raise money. Okay, and, and I mean, but he's I mean he beat. Uh, he, he's beaten former lawmakers. Yes, he so has. It's not, like, it's not like something that would be new to him. Um, it just it just be interesting to see what they're going to run on. I, his decision to start emphasizing the border as much as he has uh, shows me that he's at least in an election mode. Yep. 
that's exactly what I thought, Aaron, when I I saw that uh, yesterday. But uh, yeah, because that's that's kind of meat and potatoes for the base of the Republican Party these days, and that issue is. And uh, you know, I I know a lot of people. Uh, well, and, and the congressman's on 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 this program on a regular basis, mm-hmm. and uh, we need to have him back here to uh, to talk about some of these uh, political. Once he gets an opponent, if he gets an opponent. Um, but uh yeah i mean uh congressman flood had a very unique situation because of what happened with congressman fortenberry uh he had to run was it three elections within do i have that right uh, well yeah it was he had to basically be not be, he had to be picked to he had to be picked to temporarily serve and then he had to be Pick to finish out the term, and then he had to run for the full term. Yeah, basically. yeah, yeah. So there, that's a lot of campaigning, and uh, yeah, uh, and 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 Mike is no stranger to uh, you know uh, uh, talking to people and and and. Uh, it, it, bringing policy. I mean, he was a very successful state senator. Uh, he was ready to be anointed practically as as governor until he decided that uh, because of his uh, his wife's health and maybe some other reasons that he he didn't want to continue being a politician after he left the the legislature but uh yeah mike uh, congressman flood is uh, has built uh, a a pretty good pedigree of uh, political power in just a, a a short time here in the state it, it is interesting to watch uh i mean what you never know in these instances is what how the political ground will shift beneath your feet lincoln has yep. gotten more democratic uh lately but the areas around lincoln have gotten less and so that's it's it's kind of a it's kind of a weird dynamic where you got to kind of serve both and i i don't envy the challenge of trying to make sure everybody's represented. It, it, it absolutely is, Aaron. I mean, it's uh, quite a difference when you get beyond uh, the city limits of Lincoln. And uh, But, uh, yeah, I mean, Democrat-controlled uh, city council, Democrat mayor, of course. And, uh, yeah, we've uh, this city is, is pretty purple. And, uh, um, yeah, but, but you go beyond, it's, uh, it's not. <laughs> and so right it's uh but if anybody can navigate that uh again uh, as, as uh, speaker of the legislature i mean uh, mike flood was well respected by everybody in that building so yeah the, the most interesting thing that he does is he brings attention to norfolk which you and i know because we've been around the state is one of the more dynamic communities in the state that a lot of people should give another chance when they're out traveling. oh my goodness yes well uh yes a great leader Leadership uh, from the mayor of Norfolk, uh, and uh, yeah, it's a dynamic uh, community for sure. Well, Aaron, definitely uh, not what we remember. <laughs> no, exactly right. Well, Aaron, uh, I thank you so much uh, for taking time on another very busy day to to chat with our listeners. Appreciate it very much. Hey, thank you, Dan, and I appreciate you having us on. Absolutely, we'll do it again. All right, have a great evening. Uh, Thank you. Okay, folks, uh, thanks for tagging along, and we'll do this again tomorrow. Come on back uh, and go do good things. Have a great evening. See you tomorrow.